Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, December 4th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be talking about my Circus Sports Million card for week 13, giving you some NFL insights and analysis here on today's show as we wrap up what was a little bit shorter of a week on ATS Radio. I will be back on Monday talking college football with my power ratings adjustments, some box score notes, and a look at the marketplace. So, Next week, we should have our full regular shows without a hitch. Apologies for not getting to that Monday show here earlier on in the week. But if you've missed anything here on ATS Radio, Tuesday with Brian Blessing, Wednesday with Kyle Hunter, Thursday with Brad Powers, you can find those anywhere you stream and download your podcast content. Or, of course, you can find the recaps of the shows over at ATS.io. And the audio is right there in the article, which means that you can also listen on the ATS app, which you can download from the Google Play Store, from the Apple Store, or get the direct links to download those over at ATS.io. And as I mentioned before, if you are searching for that in the Play Store or in the Apple Store, search against the spread as opposed to ATS, as there are some other apps that use those initials. But that's a great app. It's a very helpful tool. Again, you can read the articles in it. It's got a bet tracker. It's got an odd screen. It's got all kinds of bells and whistles, including premium model selections from a data analytics model. So that's a very good thing for you to check out in that ATS app as well. And lots of good content over at ATS.io. My college football and NFL market reports went up here this morning. Tons of picks and predictions. Lots of great promotions available from the different sports books that are out there. Two days left on the college basketball promotion over at BetMGM. Bet $1 on the money line on any college basketball game. Win $100 in free bets for a made three-pointer in any college basketball game. That is a new user offer at BetMGM. You do have to sign up through ATS.io to take advantage of that one. But a lot of good offers coming up here for this weekend across the legal U.S. sports betting landscape. All right, with that, let's talk Circus Sports Million for Week 13 here. And I do want to point out that the Circus Sports Million contest is official now. It went official after Week 12. So if for whatever reason the NFL stops playing, in the words of Pete Eckhart from the league, it is decided that the contest will be deemed official at that point in time. So hopefully everything goes through week 17 here with the NFL. Hopefully we got through the major bumps last week with having to move around the Steelers and Ravens game three different times. But of course, as we know, the virus is going to virus. It's been pretty unpredictable here so far. So we'll hope that the NFL can keep going forward. But if the NFL, excuse me, does have to stop for whatever reason, this contest is official here for the 2020 season. My ATS.io-2 entry, 33-26-1 on the season through 60 picks and 12 weeks. 3-2 and two for me in week 12, should have been 4-1. and one. I have no idea how the Chiefs did not cover in that game against Tampa Bay. Uh, some fourth quarter scores for Tampa Bay. The Chiefs left some points on the field. 540 yards of offense, only 27 points in that game for Kansas City. So they lose by the hook, fail to cover the 3.5. Still three and two. Guess I shouldn't complain about that, but it definitely would have been nice to be four and one here because with 33 and a half points, I believe the cutoff for the money right now is 35 and a half points. So two points off of that would have only been one point off of that if Kansas City would have come through. But 
you know, all things considered traveling for the holiday, leaving Tuesday night, not paying as much attention to the news as I typically do kind of going on feel a little bit with that card last week. Pretty happy, I guess, to go three and two and be sitting here at 33, 26 and one for the season. The ATS.io dash one entry two and three last week, 31 and 29 now on the year. We did have a difference of opinion on the Raiders and Falcons game last week. And I had the Falcons. He had the Raiders. So I now lead the drink bets, our side bet, four to three here for this season. And again, we could be talking about a pretty expensive drink, depending on what's available at the bar when we get together. So, uh, you know, hoping that I can hold serve with that one. And of course, hold site bragging rights for this season overall. This will be the start of the fourth quarter in the Circus Sports Million. 187,000 for first, 75,000 for second. 25,000 for third. Congratulations to Cornfins, who went 18 and 2 in the third quarter, won $187,000. And a good sweat on Monday. Patman, I think it's 58, finishing second outright for 75,000. Had the Eagles covered in that game, then that would have been a whole big mess for second and third. But the Seahawks covering the circa number at minus five. That gave Patman second place outright. And I believe third place was split about 10 or 12 different ways. Something like that. So the fourth quarter does start here. It will be 25 picks this time running from week 13 through the end of the regular season. Chicken dinner dash one, your leader, 42 and a half points. Presence dash two, second with 41. DSR 90 dash one in third with 40.5. Two-way tie for fourth with 40 points. Sunny San Diego and ODBMG dash two, who is also still the leader over in the super contest. Two way tie for sixth, five way tie for eighth here in the circus sports. Million. once again, top 50 plus ties get paid dead last, making all 85 picks gets the hundred thousand dollar booby prize to uh, lessen the embarrassment of finishing last year in this contest. The field last week for the circus sports million, actually the best of the last five weeks, which is not a good sign at all. Five straight losing weeks in the field, all below 48%. As I mentioned, top five consensus went two and three last week off of an 0 and five week the week prior. Now five and 15 over the last four weeks, seven and 18 over the last five weeks. That's now 29 and 31 for the season. So, You remember a few weeks back, I talked about some regression coming for the top five consensus, and that has very much been the case here over the last five weeks. And of course, when you've got seven and 18 for the top five consensus, not a big surprise that we've had five straight losing weeks overall as a field here in the Circus Sports Million. And the field now 49.11% for the season. The consensus, which was six, nine, and one last week, the Steelers and Ravens game, a push because it wasn't played by the 2 a.m. Pacific deadline on Tuesday, uh, 80, 89, and five now for the consensus for the season as a whole. Over in the Super Contest, which we're not in, but we are still covering here at ATS.io, 48.16% last week, much better than the 35.18% that we saw in week 11. The Super Contest, 49.24% for the season, Top five consensus, 28, 32, and one with a tie where we had a win and a loss in week 10 with Denver and Arizona. 
being tied for the fifth most popular pick. Consensus 84, 87, and four in the Super Contest. Quarter four also starts in the Super Contest this week, but it does not include week 17. So that only runs from week 13 through week 16 in the Super Contest, which is also official now. If the NFL stops, that was after week 10, I believe. Uh, The Goldfield, 54.37%, 52.11% now for the season. Uh, As I mentioned, ODBMG still leading in the Super Contest. Uh, We did have a change atop the Super Contest. Goldfield, that's a winner-take-all tournament, 360 grand on the line in that one. Read about that in our Tuesday recap article over at ATS.io. Obviously, no Thursday night football game here this week, so that's a good thing for the field because if you pick the Thursday game, you have to put all five of your selections in, and with no Thursday game, that gives everybody a little bit more time to digest the card. The Cowboys-Ravens game on Tuesday is not on the card because that will be played after the deadline, the 2 a.m. Pacific time deadline in the Circa. Not sure what it is in the Super Contest. It's around there. But because that game not being played until Tuesday, Cowboys and Ravens not on the card this week in the Circus Sports Million or the Westgate Super Contest. So we've got 15 games to pick from this week instead of 16. And I've got three games I would classify as likely picks and another four games I would classify as leans here for this week. And again, as always, throwing out the disclaimer, recording this around lunchtime on Friday, Our picks are not due to our proxy until 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. So I got about 28 hours to decide what I'm going to do here. And as I've mentioned before, we're putting picks in as late as we possibly can with all of the COVID concerns and all the other worries that are out there in the NFL betting market. But with that, we'll start with the very likely picks that I've got here for this week. And we begin with number five, the Indianapolis Colts minus three and a half against the Houston Texans. Now, I have been skeptical of the Colts this season and, in fact, have gone against them a few times here over the course of the year. But to me, this is a play-on spot. You've got a very well-coached Indianapolis team coming off of a very disappointing performance against the Tennessee Titans. Titans hung a 40-burger on them. And, look, the Titans needed that game a lot more than Indianapolis did, I think, in a lot of ways. So maybe just a little bit of a questionable effort situation for the Colts in that spot. So I would expect, being as well-coached of a team as they are, that they get back on the beam here and get back on track in this week's matchup against the Texans team that, you know, when the calendar flips to December, they're used to being in the division hunt. And right now, they are not. And credit to them for continuing to play hard and for fighting hard under Romeo Cornell. But the Texans are at a big coaching disadvantage here. I think Frank Reich is a top-five coach in the NFL. So... You know, I think it's a very difficult spot here uh, for Houston to be competitive. I think it's a very concerning spot for them, especially without Will Fuller. Deshaun Watson going to be without his primary target here as Fuller suspended for six games for taking a banned substance. And when you look back at the two games between the Colts and Texans last year, Houston had lots of success offensively in both of those games. But also in both of those games, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller pretty much went off. The Texans have neither one of those guys here for this matchup. Hopkins, of course, now in Arizona. Fuller now suspended uh, with that you know banned substance test. 
So I think this Colts defense gets a little bit of a respite here. And I think they should be in a much better position to go up against the Texans in this spot. The Texans cannot run the football the way that the Titans can. And Tennessee really ran the football effectively against the Colts in last week's game. That was without DeForest Buckner, who was out on the COVID-19 list. He will be back, which means that the Colts can get interior and exterior pressure on Watson, who's probably going to hold the ball a little bit longer without Fuller's services. And the Colts are also getting Jonathan Taylor back this week. And Indianapolis, you know, they're a serviceable offense. They're pretty average overall. Ty Hilton's kind of been, or T.Y. Hilton, kind of been up and down a little bit. We can all talk about Phillip Rivers till we're blue in the face. But Taylor coming back this week, I think, really helps the Colts, both from a receiving standpoint and especially a running standpoint. Texans, 32nd in run defense DVOA. I would fully expect Reich to have a good game plan to take advantage of that. Colts a little bit healthier in the offensive line as we go forward here, too. So give me the Colts, number five in the Circa Million rotation order, minus three and a half on the road against the Houston Texans. Next up on the board here is number 17. The Los Angeles Rams are a two and a half point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals. And I will say that one of the reasons why this is a pick instead of a lean is because of the two and a half. I don't have to take Rams minus three, run the risk of the push. I can get Rams minus two and a half here. And I do like that quite a bit for a lot of reasons. I don't think the Cardinals are a very good team. And I've talked about this a lot here lately, and maybe it's just some recency bias because they've lost three of four straight up and four in a row against the spread. I just don't think they're a very good team. Defensively, they don't impress me that much, even though a lot of their metrics are you know, average to maybe slightly above average. I just don't think they've had a lot of teams that have really been able to take advantage of some of their defensive shortcomings. I do think the Rams have the opportunity to do that. And this Cardinals offense, look, it's all about DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Kyler Murray being able to hit those guys because Murray can improvise. He can use his legs and he can do a very good job with that, but it's all about getting vertical with Hopkins and Fitzgerald. And the Rams actually have the personnel to match up with both Hopkins and Fitzgerald for a lot of NFL teams it's one or the other. You know, you try to take away Fitzgerald, you try to take away Hopkins, you can't take away both of them. I think the Rams have the ability to take away both of them. I think you get that internal pressure from Aaron Donald going to force Murray to go through his progressions quicker, force him to escape the pocket more. And I think those are all things that play into the Rams' hands. Defensively, I really do like the opportunities that they have on defense here. In this game, they're very strong defensively in pass defense DVOA. And again, the Cardinals haven't faced a lot of teams like that that can either shut down or at least neutralize both Hopkins and Fitzgerald. So I do like that from a Rams standpoint here in this one. And I think that this price, while it has gone up a little bit, I do think it's still a little bit cheap. You know, the Rams, I get it. They lost as a touchdown favorite to the 49ers last week. But they've faced the 49ers in two very difficult spots coming off of East Coast travel, one of the games on the road, one of them at home, but still both of them coming off of East Coast travel. The first one against Washington, then of course the short week against Tampa Bay. And that's part of the reason why I faded the Rams last week with the 49ers getting seven points. 
Didn't necessarily expect San Francisco to win outright, and kudos to them for that. But still, it was a situation where I felt the Rams were just in a really bad spot. And this week, they're not. You know, they've got two weeks here on the left coast to get back on track. Their losses are two tough spots against the 49ers. The field goal game at the Bills where, you know, the Bills got that, uh, you know, questionable call on fourth down to extend the drive and then eventually score the game winner. Then lost at the Dolphins. And, you know, kind of was what it was in that spot. I don't think the Rams played that badly in that game. Uh, But, you know, their losses are all very explainable. And I think this is a Rams team that people maybe don't want to buy into as of yet. But I do think this is a solid team. The Cardinals don't get a ton of pressure. It's a pretty average amount of pressure. No weather worries for Jared Goff here in this one. I'll lay the short price. The Rams have bounced back nicely when they have suffered losses here this season. Rams minus two and a half to play for me here. Number 17 in the Circa Million rotation order. Last pick here, last very likely pick, I should say. The Washington football team plus seven and a half on Monday evening against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't have to tell you about how bad of a spot this is for the Steelers. I mean, it's quite obvious. They go from playing on Wednesday to playing on Monday at five o'clock. Very strange situation for them. They had some COVID cases and concerns of their own, you know, that uh, helped delay that Ravens game that was played, of course, here this past Wednesday. An unimpressive win over Baltimore. And and I know that maybe you didn't know what to expect with Baltimore, with RG3 and, and all of that, but the Steelers just, it looked like it had taken a toll on them. You know, emotionally, it's taken a toll that, you know, they've bitched and moaned about losing their bye week and, you know, about how the NFL made accommodations for Baltimore and, and all of this. And I understand that. It's fully understandable. You know, it's a long season. It's a long, grueling season. The players, you know, seem to sound off a little bit more than usual about what was happening with that game. Still pressure mounting on that perfect record. And also, too, here, Pittsburgh's got Buffalo on deck. And I understand that they've got to keep pace with the Chiefs and, you know, make sure that they put themselves in a position to get that number one overall seed, get that by now that we have seven teams in the playoffs. But to me, this game feels like a quintessential win and get out. Don't lose anybody else. Don't, you know, worry too much about getting margin, anything like that. I think this is a running clock type of game. I don't think that Ben is put into a lot of high-risk situations. And, you know, last week they lost Bud Dupree. So they lost one of their pass rushers on the outside. That's something that should help Washington a little bit here. And Alex Smith has been decent for the Washington football team. Overall, they're top five in defensive DVOA. The Redskins, or the excuse me, the Washington football team have been very good defensively. They're third in pass DVOA. Pittsburgh doesn't run the football well. And Washington is playing very hard for Ron Rivera, playing very hard for this division. I wish I was getting nine, which is kind of what the market number is right now here, but maybe that'll keep some people off of the Washington side. I think this is a decent Washington football team. Pittsburgh with an average offense, good defense. Again, I expect running clock. I've got a low-scoring expectation for this game. I'm getting more than a touchdown on the Washington side. Give me the Washington football team here, plus seven and a half. Number 28 in the circle rotation order against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the three very likely picks for me as of now, as of time of recording, Colts minus three and a half, Rams minus two and a half, Washington plus seven and a half. So obviously 
Got to find two more picks here. Five plays required in the Circus Sports Million. So here are the four leans that I'm considering uh, as we go into the weekend here. And again, four o'clock Eastern time, our deadline. So I've got 28 hours or so to figure out what I want to do with the remaining plays on the card. We'll start with number three, the Miami Dolphins, minus 11 and a half here against the Cincinnati Bengals. And there's a lot going on with this game, a lot of reasons why I like the Dolphins in this spot. And in fact, what I didn't even write down in my notes here, but that I'm starting to think about a little bit more is that the Dolphins are going to go with Tua Tungo-Vailoa next year. So where does Ryan Fitzpatrick end up? That's a big question mark. So for Fitzpatrick, there's a lot of incentive for him here. Uh, Should he get this start? It certainly looks as though he will. There's a lot of incentive for Fitzpatrick to play very well in the remaining opportunities that he has. So there's that part of it where Fitzpatrick will be very engaged. He's taking on a Bengals defense that, you know what? They're not that bad, but you wonder how much pressure and how much will be put on them here in this game because the Bengals in Brendan Allen's first start last week had 3.4 yards per play. The Bengals covered because they got a kick return touchdown early on in the game and the Giants let them. The Giants were one for three in the red zone. They squandered two short fields. Uh, They're not a very explosive offense to begin with, but the Giants had a lot of self-inflicted wounds in that game last week. I think the Dolphins are extremely well coached. Brian Flores should be the coach of the year. The Dolphins are better than the Giants defensively, and the Bengals just had 3.4 yards per play and three turnovers against that Giants defense. So I would expect Miami to play very, very well here. And again, it's 11 and a half. It's a big number, but I don't think the Dolphins have to score a ton in order to cover. This looks to me like a 24 to 7, 24 to 10 type of game if the Bengals even get that many points. So I'm not so much worried about the low scoring expectation and the big spread here in this game, simply because I don't think Cincinnati does much of anything offensively. I know Allen will have a second week of first team reps and this and that, but still, you know, I I just don't think this Bengals team is going in the right direction. There was that big expose from SI about, you know, some of the discontent and some of the tumult in that Bengals locker room with Zach Taylor's treatment of players with Lou Anarumo's treatment of players, all that kind of thing. I just don't think the Bengals are are going to be that invested here the rest of the way. I think the fact that last week's game was close said more about the Giants and said more about the Giants' inept offense than it said about the Bengals, who should have had seven points at most in that game. So eighth different starting offensive line in 12 games for the Bengals. Just a lot of things that point me to fade Cincinnati here. It's not necessarily a buy of Miami. It's a fade of Cincinnati. So Dolphins minus 11 and a half, number three in the circuit rotation order. The first of my four leans to discuss here on today's show. Next up, we go from a big favorite to a big dog. The Jacksonville Jaguars are getting 10 points against the Minnesota Vikings. And... I understand that there are some motivation questions for Jacksonville. I understand they're just a very bad football team, but Mike Glennon is pretty useful. And last week against Cleveland, Glennon's stat line wasn't eye popping, but he didn't make any mistakes. You know, he had a couple touchdown passes, didn't get sacked, didn't have the turnovers. Jacksonville ran the football really well. They showed up in that game and I give them credit for that. And I know they got in the back door against Cleveland, but 
That was a pretty good effort from Jacksonville in a spot where I wouldn't have been surprised if they didn't come forth with much of an effort. Now they're going up to Minnesota. At least they play inside. They won't have to deal with the cold or anything like that. Minnesota is just defensively. They're not great. They're good on third down, but otherwise they're not great. And if Jacksonville can get some early down success here, they can stay on the field, can kind of take a little bit of the pressure off of their lackluster defense. But the Jaguars, you know, as I said, they're not showing signs of quit. They've played three of their last four games very close. The one game that wasn't close was against Pittsburgh, and they had four turnovers in that game. They were minus three in turnover margin. And the Vikings, they don't win games by margin. They haven't won many games by double digits over the last few years. So Jacksonville getting 10 here, I don't think it's a bad play. You know, as long as Glennon takes care of the football, we know Kirk Cousins can make some mistakes. We know that Minnesota does get Adam Thielen back here off the COVID list. So there is that they get another weapon back, but something about this game tells me that Jacksonville can keep it close. We'll see if it makes the cut with Jacksonville plus 10 here in the Circa Sports Million too. Next up on the board here, this is a game I've kind of soured on a little bit. The Browns, number 14 in the circuit rotation order. They are plus five and a half against the Tennessee Titans. And look, these are two very similar teams, but the Titans have played the stronger schedule, so they are getting more respect, and you can't really fault the markets for that. And the second thing here is that Ryan Tannehill is better than Baker Mayfield. Now, Mayfield has one interception since OBJ went out with the torn ACL. He's done much better taking, taking care of the football though the Browns have played a lot of bad weather games to where Mayfield hasn't had to do a whole lot. In this game, with the high-scoring expectation, a total of 53.5, Mayfield may have to do more. That's what does concern me a little bit about the Cleveland offense in this spot. The reason why I'm probably going to leave this game off the card, but I did want to mention it here on today's show, is that Denzel Ward is out and Ronnie Harrison are both out for the Browns. Redwine is questionable. Sendejo is questionable. Not that Sendejo has played well anyway, but the Browns are really thin in the secondary once again. And you need those safeties to come up and stop the run with Derrick Henry. You need those safeties to eliminate the big plays for guys like AJ Brown. So I think the Browns, because of the personnel that they're going to be missing, are now at a disadvantage. And in fact, if anything, the more I talk through and think about this game, the more I could talk myself into Tennessee minus five and a half as opposed to the Browns plus five and a half. So I'm still thinking about this game. It is what I'm going to read up on a little bit more and also see if Redwine and Sandejo are going to be out. It may just end up being a situation where the Browns just don't have enough warm bodies in the secondary for me to be comfortable with them shutting down Tennessee. And at that point, maybe I do flip to the Titans. Maybe I do add Tennessee minus five and a half here. One thing I do like is the over 53 and a half for what that's worth. Can't take totals in the Circa. But as I'm talking through this one, uh, again, it seems like I've kind of flipped my lean here a little bit, due in large part to that injury report for Cleveland and the fact that it may fall more on Baker's shoulders here for this week. So I guess actually my lean would be Titans minus five and a half, number 15 uh, in the Circa Sports Million rotation order. But a game that probably I'm just going to end up staying away from. Lastly here, number 25, the Buffalo Bills. And this one's a pick in the Circa. The 49ers at time of recording 
now favored out there in the market. And there's been a lot of sharp money early on in the process here on San Francisco. And remember, this game is being played in Arizona at State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona, the home of the Cardinals. So that'd be a weird situation for San Francisco here. They're away from their families. They're you know playing at, at Arizona, a place they play on the road annually. So a weird situation here for them. Now, why do I like Buffalo? Well, one thing that is a little bit worrisome is that John Brown is out. He's on IR. And the Chargers did bottle up the passing game for Buffalo last week. However, the Bills got the run game going again. 5.7 yards per carry. Brian Dable has fixed this. Now, they don't use the running game a ton. But in the two games where they've had to use it against Buffalo and then last week against the Chargers, or against New England, excuse me, and then last week against the Chargers, it has been quite effective. So if they have to turn to the running game here, I think they at least feel more comfortable about the level of balance that they can achieve. Now, when you look at this Bills offense, two things have hurt them. One, what I just mentioned, John Brown being out, but the other has been bad weather games. They don't have to worry about bad weather here in Arizona. And in fact, they get to play on that faster track indoors. I think that helps the Buffalo offense quite significantly. What helps the Buffalo defense is that Matt Milano is coming back this week. At least he should be. They have not yet cleared him, not yet activated him off of IR, but the expectation is that he will play in this weekend's game. Although AJ Klein has done a fantastic job filling in anyway for Milano, and he was very good last week. I think he had 14 tackles against the Chargers in that game. So, The Bills' defense is rounding into form. The Bills' offense, they're figuring out ways to be balanced, and I think that helps them here. Gives Kyle Shanahan something to think about for the 49ers. So I understand why this line has moved on San Francisco, the big win over the Rams last week, getting healthier, all that kind of thing. But I think you've got the Bills here on the same level in a lot of ways from a coaching standpoint. You got the Bills getting Milano back, their defensive leader, who's also very good in pass coverage against tight ends and slot receivers. A lot of things that Kyle Shanahan likes to do. And also, this game is inside. No weather worries for Josh Allen, and the Bills' offense has been very strong in good weather games or in spots like this. So, Bills pick them, number 25 by the Circa Million Rotation Order, also on my short list here. So, The three very likely picks for me, Colts minus three and a half, Rams minus two and a half, Washington plus seven and a half, the Leans, Dolphins minus 11 and a half, Jags plus 10, Bills a pick them. And again, I've got a lot of thoughts on that Browns and Titans game, but not exactly sure what I like more from a side standpoint. So probably taking that one off of the Leans list here as of this Friday show. Like I said, I'll be back once again on Monday Talking college football, power ratings, adjustments, box score notes, my numbers relative to the market, all that stuff to get you ready for week 15 of the college football season. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday.